Hello, everybody. This is Bill Knauer, and you're listening to Author to Author, where we talk about writing and life, because what it takes to write the book you want to write is also what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. It's true. Yes, it is. I wouldn't say it if it wasn't. Author to Author is brought to you by Author Magazine, premier free writing magazine on the internet, featuring articles on writing, you know, the writing life, craft, and business of writing, but also... Uh, interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors across the genres. Hey, I've got an interview up now. It's a guy named Damon Swade. You're going to want to check this one out. Damon is the president-elect of the Romance Writers of America, and he is a whirlwind. He's a whirling dervish of interesting things to say. He's a one-of-a-kind. It was a great conversation. I highly recommend you check it out. It's up now on authormagazine.com. Or check it out. And we're funded by the lovely Pacific Northwest Writers Association. These good people have been supporting writers from pen to publication since 1955. You know, they put on a great conference, just did in September. But, you know, we're not done yet. I'm going to be teaching some classes, I believe, this fall on a personal essay. One of my favorite things to write. Fearless writing also. And, uh, you know, they hold a monthly meeting where they offer advice and from the publishing professionals like me. I'll be there giving a class, I think, at the monthly meeting. And even if you don't live in the West, it doesn't matter. You could live in London, England. You could still listen to it on the Internet. Yes, you could, because that's the way we are now. So check it out at pnwa.org if you want to learn more. I will be this Friday, the whatever that is, the 3rd, 4th, whatever that is, uh, of October, I will be in Edmonds, Washington, nearby Edmonds, Washington, at Right on the Sound, teaching a fearless writing masterclass. There may still be spots available. I don't know. But if you're interested and you're in the neighborhood, go over there and sign up for it. I'll be there. And I'll also be down in Pasadena at the end of the month at the Writer's Digest Novel Writing Conference. Also teaching something fearless writing-ish, plus some other stuff. Anyway, I'll be there. Check it out. Hope to see you there. Okay. Oh, you turned in for a good one got Holly Watt on the show. Holly started her career at the Sunday Times. So she's a journalist. She's also a novelist. Holly, I will tell you this. Holly started her career at the Sunday Times before moving to the Daily Telegraph. During her six years at the Telegraph, she was the Whitehall editor and jointly ran the investigations team. She then moved to work on the Guardian's investigations team. Holly has been nominated for a wide range of journalism prizes, winning awards for her work on stories including MP's expenses at the Telegraph and Panama Papers at the Guardian. She has reported from a, a wide range of countries, including Afghanistan, Bangladesh, Libya, Jordan, and Lebanon, as well as flying around the world on everything from Lynx helicopters to Air Force One. Whew, she's been on Air Force One. Holly also worked as an undercover journalist. And in 2008, she was the Lawrence Stern Fellow, spending several months working at the Washington Post. She's also ha, the author of a widely praised debut crime novel, To the Lions. It's a good one. She's here with us now. Holly... You're here. Yes. God, I'm tired just reading your bio. Uh, so, so journalism, I will tell you, I, I, my brief foray into journalism was in college. I thought that's what I was going to get a degree in, which lasted exactly one journalism class. And then I said, yeah, it's not for me. But it struck me to think about, I worked on the college paper and that sort of thing, but it struck me, journalism is an interesting, because it's obviously it's a writing profession, but it's also more than, way more than that. Uh, it's the investigative side, it's the learning side, it's finding the story side. Were you was journalism always sort of on your radar as a young person? 
Yeah, I mean, I always really wanted to be a journalist, but I always thought it was something that, you know, that you would never get lucky enough to do, basically. I sort of thought, you know, that was my sort of dream. No, uh-huh. but you know, it was my dream, but I thought I'd end up doing something, you know, else, something more sensible. Um, because I, I didn't really sort of think you could actually end up, to, I, it sounds ridiculous, but I sort of didn't think I'd do it. Um, so, I mean, after university, so we've got a different system in the UK, but after university, right. I went to law school for a year. Um, oh. And it was kind of, yes, I, I was being sensible and doing a sort of proper job. Right, right, <laughs> right of course. <laughs> You know, um, I, you know why I studied journalism? I have to say, because it seemed mm-hmm. like the sensible thing to do. I thought I wanted to be like oh. a fiction writer. I said, well, I got to do something more practical than that. I'll be a journalist. But you were like going one <laughs> level up in terms of practicality. You're going to be a lawyer. Okay. So you yeah. spent a year in law school or whatever the yeah. British equivalent of that is. Exactly. We've got a slightly different system over here. Um, right. But unfortunately, my law career came to an end after one year when I failed a rather critical exam. <laughs> no, no. And I'll bet, yeah. I'll bet, Holly... I'll just bet you're what they call a type A person. I'll bet you're an A student. Is that true in general? Uh, some of the time. There were definitely, definitely lapses along the way, but it was, it was a oh. big shock. You know, you come out of university yeah. and you're like, oh, here we go. My life is getting yeah. started, and, and then it, and it very substantially doesn't. Oh, that must have been. What, now, let me ask you, was it brutal or was it like, you know, thank God, I think this is BS anyway? How, what, what was that like? I have to say, I... I really, I had a, a quite a bossy boyfriend in my third year at university, and um, he was like, "What are you going to do with your life?" And I was like, "I, I don't really know." <laughs> he was like, "I think you'll be a lawyer," and I was like, "That sounds sensible. I'll be a lawyer," uh, which is really not the best way to go around sort of career planning. Your boyfriend um, was wanting to know what you're going to do with yourself. Jesus, well, I mean, it was a reasonable question. <laughs> Twenty-two years old or whatever. Okay, fine. All right, sensible guy. But, yeah, but then I, I so I got started in this year at law, and I just the moment I arrived, I was like, oh my goodness, what have you done? You know, this is going to, yeah. and you know, at that point, you're sort of, you know, you've got years ahead of you of this into a job that I just knew I was not going to be, you know, any good at or enjoy, and it was just right. that sort of moment of, oh, you really, you really messed this up. <laughs> wow. So you thought, oh my God, I'm 24 or whatever, and I've just screwed my whole life up here. I failed this class. Yeah. But then this was this the chance for you to go back and say, I want to do this journalism thing? Was that the sort of the impetus for that? Well, yeah. I mean, basically, it wasn't even the thought. I didn't actually even immediately think I was going to go in journalist. I sort of, I actually, bizarrely, I was in Cuba that summer um, when I got my failed law school results um, uh-huh. with a couple of really good friends. And, you know, we sat there somewhere, somewhere in Cuba, and we were just like, what are you going to do next? And I was like, I have no idea. Um, wow. And then I came back, and a friend of mine, another a girl, a girlfriend of mine, was doing work experience at the Sunday Times. And she was like, well, you know, I'm doing work experience, but they don't really know who I am or what I'm doing. So when you just come in two and they won't really notice there's two of you, us, <laughs> that's what I did. <laughs> you just snuck in. Yeah. <laughs> the work that's so funny. See, but that's good practice for being a journalist, especially an investigator, exactly. an undercover journalist. Yes. Okay, exactly. good. Yeah. So gradually the news had to sort of, I was there like present, but he didn't quite know why I was there or what was going on. And then, it sort of became a bit of a joke that they'd kind of be like, you really don't work here. And I was like, no, no, I really, really do. You just sort of don't really understand that yet. <laughs> that <laughs> and is so funny. For like a week. <laughs> wow. All right. So, uh, so let's back up just a little bit. When you say you always yeah. want to be a journalist, what about journalism as a younger person? What about it lit up to you? Was it finding the big story? Was it just being where the action is? What, the, what was it that was so appealing to you? I think when I was growing up, 
my parents always read the newspapers and it was just it was sort of there was sort of I found them fascinating I found the whole how they were put together I, I enjoyed the news sections I enjoyed the feature sections I enjoyed the mm. writing it was just it was such a path through a whole different all these different sort of people and this massive world so when I was really tiny I was reading these newspapers and just fascinated by them um but really? I, I think I kind of wanted to be a journalist in the way that you know you might want to be an astronaut or something it was just something that right. I'd wanted to, I didn't actually think it would happen right it's just it was it was so you you had made it to such a cool thing you thought it's too cool for me it's such an awesome yeah. thing just a, <laughs> just a girl like me can't go do something that awesome See what we do to I ourselves. Well, I, I, it makes sense to me. You know what it is? If you make, I remember when my wife got her first book published, she said she'd gotten the contract and she was working on it. And she said, I have to make this a small deal. If I make it big, it'll be something I can't do. And so I, sometimes right. I think we turn something into a big thing in our head and you think I'm not big, I'm just me. And so, because you really want it, it makes sense to me anyway. No, exactly. And you just sort of, it, it, it's such a big dream that you can't really look yeah. at it face on. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah, but but, but right dreams right. do come true, Holly. They come true and they exactly. came true for you. And so you started becoming a journalist uh, and it mm-hmm. sounds like you got into it right away. Uh, so what was the difference between the reality of being a journalist? And you were working at some, I mean, I don't read some, you know, English papers, no. so I don't know what how they break down and how they relate to American papers. But I've heard of them all, all the ones you've listed. What what's the difference? What was the difference between the experience of being a journalist and the dream of being a journalist? Um, so when I started at the Sunday Times, I was like, not to describe me as the most junior person there would be doing a gross disservice to the most junior person there. I was <laughs> so non-existent in the Sunday Times empire that you know I sort of would make tea. I mean that was literally my role for quite some time, and and I spent a lot of time photocopying and a lot of time. <laughs> being shouted at and you know finding right. out really bizarre facts that you know nobody really needed to know but you just sort of sometimes a journalist would need to know something just to be able to tell the news editor that they knew it even if everybody knew right. it was never going to go anywhere near the paper that was the sort of thing i'd be finding out oh so you would do a little researchy <laughs> kind of things just but you were just the girl friday kind of thing whatever they needed doing you do it yes exactly and it was and you were ranging. happy doing that was it exciting I think I, I adored it. I think I, when I absolutely first started at the Sunday Times, there's actually a section at the Sunday Times called the Style section, which is, as you can yeah. sort of probably guess, the fashion element. And yeah. I luckily can't see how I'm dressed right now, but you would not look <laughs> at how I'm dressed exactly at this moment and be like, oh, this girl's obviously going to go into the fashion journalism world. Um, right. And so at first, because that's the bit that my friend was doing work experience on, that was the bit that I sort of technically was doing my imaginary work experience on and I knew absolutely nothing about fashion and also didn't really care so it wasn't quite the devil wears Prada but it wasn't a million miles from that they'd be like what do you think about these two pink tops and I'd be unable to see any difference between the two of them whatsoever um but that's why I migrated down to the news desk quite quickly because I could see the news desk I was like that's yeah, that's the end of the room I need to be at because this end of the room is going to cost on to the fact that I know nothing very very fast um so yeah Wow. And so you got down to the news desk and 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 this was like where this was where they're reporting on what was actually happening today and getting it to print that night kind of thing. And and it actually wasn't because it was Sunday Times. um, They obviously only come out on Sunday, the clues in the name. And so actually it was quite like 
in hindsight, it was this great place for working out to do investigative journalism because because they do this massive long build up all week, and you've got to kind of get ahead of the news. You've got to work out what might still be a story right. on the Sunday. Um, and again, I mean, that's changed because this was 2004, 2005. So I mean, the role right. of Sunday newspapers adapted to the gigantic changes in journalism taking place since then. Yeah. But then yeah. you, know, you really have to do slightly more strategic approaches to the news. And well, they still do that, but in a different way. And so, okay, so there you are doing it. And did you actually like it? Because the dream is you want to do it, and now you're doing it a little bit. And oh, yeah, were, no. were you, you weren't disappointed. You were enjoying it. No, I loved it. I really loved it. And, you know, I just, I was, I was like the most, probably the most annoying person who'd ever worked there because I just sort of you know, always wanted to do more. And I was just kind of like this little geek who'd been allowed out. <laughs> I was not going to be removed wow. anytime soon. Wow. <laughs> wow. And, so, but, and you got to just, and you got to like, I mean, see the world, it sounds like. They really sent you everywhere. Yeah, I mean, the Sunday Times, I did less foreign stuff. I probably kind of did more foreign travel when I got to Telegraph, which was, Four years after I started there, um, right. but I, I did a bit of the Sunday Times, and but also the Sunday Times had these amazing female correspondent, um, foreign correspondents who were just absolutely brilliant. And so it was this real, it was, I think, unusual in the time uh, for how sort of prominent female journalists were doing like really incredible stuff there. Uh, right. People like Christina Lamb and Marie Colvin. And so it was kind of this environment where you could see, I could look up the ladder and see where these women were and be like, I right. have to get there. But I was rather a long right. way from them. <laughs> right, because journalism really used to be a boys club very much. But I, it seems like it seems like from my point of view, it's that's shifting if it hasn't shifted. Uh, but I wasn't I'm not on the inside. No, I think I think it has. And I think it's sort of I think it's just along with so many industries, it's sort of, you know, quite slowly having to realize that, you know, women are just as good as the job right. and a bit of line and beyond. I mean, certainly there were pockets of quite sort of dramatic um, lack of confidence in women's ability in, in British newspapers until relatively quite, quite recently. Um, right. Uh, but it's kind of more sort of fair now. That's I good. All right, good. And so what certainly didn't hold you back, it sounds like, it sounds like you were, no. you, so you go over to Telegraph and you're, and they're just sending you all over the place and, and you, and you became an investigative journalist. Was that, did that mm. happen at the Telegraph? That starts at the Sunday Times because I mean the Sunday Times is just like kind of core to its activities is this need right. to investigate because they can't just go like well this is what this person said today and that'll be the news tomorrow you know not that that's what that sort of sounds dismissive to other newspapers doing of course that's not right but you right. know it, it was kind of like it was basic to how the Sunday Times operated so when I got to the Telegraph it was kind of instinctive to carry on working like that and also right. i'm actually quite slow at doing my job so um i need i need to kind of say oh it's an investigative piece <laughs> that's why it's taking forever rather than right right well you know so i know i've know a bunch of journalists who've gone from being journalists to writing books of different kinds and that shift mm-hmm. is you know hard for some easier for others uh you know as a journalist you can't be making stuff up hopefully hopefully you're not making anything up. Uh, but now at some point, so you do, you spend, it sounds like, okay, 10 to 15 years being a, a journalist and being good at it from all, from all accounts. But somewhere <laughs> the dream for you was, was there, was novelist ever part of that dream back when you were reading the papers as a young girl and thinking, or oh, I could be a novelist. I assumed you were reading books as well as people are wanting yep, to. Yeah. 
No, and it sounds, I sound like ridiculous, but actually, I also wanted to write books, but that was even more so than journalism, completely implausible. <laughs> right, right. Who the hell does that? Nobody does that, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and I think kind of, I mean, I did English literature at university. Uh, that was before I got to my disastrous law, law conversion course. Um, right. And, you know, so I, I was sort of, again, completely embedded in, in books and I read constantly and it was just again something that was part of my DNA almost um but no I didn't I didn't I didn't I started trying to write books I mean I think from about the age of about five or six onwards you know I I loved writing stories and stuff up and everything not in my journalism career I hasten to add (laughs) right right (laughs) good good I always wanted to do it and then and then sort of it just suddenly came together a bit you know what do you mean? Okay, it suddenly came together because it's you know it's an interesting thing. I love talking about to talking to people about how ideas come to them and how they bring them into being because it's a you know because I mean you base this book obviously on your experiences in part and just in terms of the setting of it. Um, but did you did you were you going along thinking oh you know if this were just a little bit different this could be a a fictional story or do you think I want to write a book what can it be so how did it how did it start um it started I mean the actual core idea behind it was I was doing some research I mean probably 15 years ago and it, it sort of it, the storyline sort of came partly from a story I read in a Hungarian newspaper I think about this sort of absolutely appalling behavior during uh, the war in Sarajevo oh the war yeah. in uh, in particular yeah. and I just I remember just taking that sort of theme and just thinking a I wonder if that happens and b right. if would happen where it happened in the world today and how that might happen and then second of all I mean I've part of the reason I enjoyed my job in journalism so much newsrooms are kind of slightly bizarre environments you know they're very intense they're very adrenalized they can be quite aggressive I mean I think less right. so now probably but certainly 10-15 years ago they used to be quite kind of dog eat dog um, wow. And and but also hugely fun because you know you've got very bright, funny, clever people working together, um, you know who can be quite outrageous. So there'd be a kind of right. you know sort of slightly extraordinary things would happen fairly routinely, um, and it was just quite funny. So it was kind of taking both those worlds and sort of putting them together basically. Right, and um, well, I got to say it reads with such a great smell of verisimilitude it's really gratifying when you run into that in a in a crime book uh, it's just a lot of fun so that aspect of it was very <laughs> enjoyable you really feel like you're getting a glimpse behind the curtain kind of thing which is very cool i gotta say um <laughs> well it is you know it does it brings it's because here's the thing everybody's read a newspaper but not because I used to work in restaurants for a long time. And I found that I could talk to people about the restaurants because everyone's been in one, but not everyone's worked in one kind of thing. So I can kind of yeah, give them the lowdown yeah. of what really happens back in the kitchen. And the same is true. We've all read a paper, but not everybody knows what goes on to put that sausage together. And so there was that <laughs> element of it, which was, I thought, very cool. But you also have a story. And so when you started, so when you, when did you actually start writing this book? I would have started writing, I would think, um, not that long ago. It was probably um, 2016 that I started okay. writing it. Very good. And this was uh, the first novel you've attempted? No, there was an absolutely dire chiclet attempt. I don't know if you even have that term in America. It sounds a bit dubious no, to say it out loud. We have chiclet. <laughs> what was, did you give it a – yeah, oh, we have definitely have chiclet. It was huge for a while. They don't call yeah. it that anymore, though. What do they call it now? 
uh, I think like up, 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 up market <laughs> women's fiction or something. I don't, I don't know. They have new, new, new. They used to have young adult. Now they have new adult. And now they're not sure if they have new adult anymore. I, I don't know. They, I just don't know. <laughs> so, all right. So you tried that and it didn't go well. No, it really didn't. And, um, and, but I think you learn so much in trying to write a book. You know, I think you almost have to have one disaster first, like the first pancake you make or something like that. I should say, if you're curious, this book, To the Lions, very good, very compelling, uh, very fast read, gripping right sort of from page one. So if you like a smart, um, compelling it's crime novel, kind of. I would say, but instead of having a detective, you've got an undercover journalist. So it's different in that way, and uh, I think she handles it very well. So I was, I was, I was opining that your your book has just a smattering of chiclet in it, just a little bit, just a touch. Was that fair? I think the relationship between two women is like really important to me about the whole the dynamic they have and they're really yeah. good friends. It's sort of it's yeah. a relationship that's evolved and it's sort of based on it's I think originally based on like professional respect for each other, but it it also becomes a really close important friendship. So yeah, I think that's right. kind of, it, it looked to that aspect of it. Um, uh, it wasn't luck. My first book was very 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 much more heavily chiclet, and I think. <laughs> Fairly, fairly appalling. So. <laughs> oh well, um, you know, you were trying to find your way, but why do you? So why you, you kind of you've written a crime novel essentially, is where instead of a detective, we have a journalist who is a kind of detective. What uh, mm-hmm. what was that uh, when you decided to go whole hog and make it really based on on your own, at least the life you were the the world you were living in? Was that an easy decision to make, or were you kind of wary about that? I think it sounds. Uh, particularly dim-witted but actually uh, for a while I didn't realize I was writing a crime novel it sort of started very much that I was in the absolute complete start of it, it wasn't even really meant to be a novel it was sort of just writing down sort of almost like my thoughts about my career and what I'd been doing and you know that kind of what it was like doing under undercover journalism because it is, it's a kind of quite a complex thing to do for obvious reasons it's right. quite sort of it, it there is it can leave you as a journalist feeling a bit like, wow, I'm not sure if that's, that's quite a complicated ethical. thing to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. Ethical yeah. All over the place. Um, and so I think it just started as that. And then it gradually changed into being a novel. And I think also, so it never set out originally to be like a crime novel with, you know, two detectives investigating something, one thing else like that. It just sort of gradually traveled in that general direction. <laughs> that makes right. sense. It doesn't really. Doesn't. <laughs> yeah, no, it does. No, oh, actually. Holly, it makes complete sense because that's the way so many things are created where the, I mean, I know this sounds odd, but I write a lot of personal essays where, and they're often four to 500 words long. So they're very short and I have an idea about what they're going to be about, but I have learned that usually in the first paragraph by about sentence two or three, I learn what it's actually about. So I don't usually know. And so uh, the surprise the mystery of it, that's what it's all about. And if you write more books than this, which I hope you do, this one's quite good, uh, I suspect you'll see more of that, of the let's see where this is actually going. There's your idea to start, and then there's what the what the book kind of wants to be. Uh, it's like you have an, it's like with the kids. I got to tell you, you they sort of just go do their own thing, and you just try to support that in some way. If that Well, because you're just <laughs> learning. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes it's only by looking back overwards you can back over it you can sort of see what it's about really it's sort of it's it was certainly when I first read 
to the lines, which sounds odd, but I kind of read, I read the kind of, I read it, I wrote it so quickly when I finally got to writing it, that it was only when I was reading it back over, I was like, oh, wow, this is not, you know, this is more complicated than I thought. Yeah, yes, <laughs> I don't yes. I like my job not as much as I thought, and that's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is, this is good. That's a good sign. That means you're doing it right, Holly. That sense of surprise, that sense of not knowing that so much, look, you know, do you know who that, speaking of crime fiction, James Lee Burke. You ever heard of James Lee Burke? He's an American crime writer, kind of legendary okay, yeah. in America. He's yeah. 83. He's written like 30-something books. Last When I interviewed him, he said, look, if you think you write these things yourself, give up now. You can't do it on your own. It's you plus whatever you God you pray to, but you can't do it on your own. It's you plus something else. And so there is this sense of like, where did that come from? How did I do it? That is central to the creative writing process. I believe. Mm. Does that does that resonate well, with you at all? Yeah, and no, I'm always so impressed by writers who can like write a really clear structure for a book before they start writing it, and they kind of, you know, they can have like the whole thing plotted out chapter by chapter. And, and, no, no. Whereas no, I start I writing, yeah, and it just sort of characters pop up from nowhere and you know That's go right. off directions you never expected, and you know it's great, but it's weird. <laughs> no, no, that I will tell you. Uh, so I would say about thirty percent of novelists outline. And 30% have no idea. And then the middle group sort of have a vague idea. But most writers don't outline because the, the, the creative process just requires you to figure it out as you go along. You know, it's, it's rare that an author, there's fewer authors really know what the book is before they write it. You know, yeah. it's, it's true. Yeah. So you did it in a more of a normal way, believe it or not, Holly. I, I hate to say okay. it, you're, you're kind of normal. Oh, <laughs> there we go. Well. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's right. At last, it was bound to happen. Uh, well, this is so exciting. So you liked writing it. So now you're about to go out and share it with the world. Or when did when did it come out? Well, I suppose when did it come out in America? Uh, I don't it know if it came, came out in England in first. Yeah, so it only came out in America last month, and it came out in England in February this year. So not that long ago. Okay. Um, are you going to be coming over here to, to to support it, or are they just or just doing this sort of thing? I think just this sort of thing at the moment. I think yeah, having yeah, a fourteen well, week old. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's enough. That's a, it's plenty. It's plenty. Uh, well, did you like it enough that you want to write another one? Yeah, I've actually just finished um, the second one, uh, uh, which oh, is a sort of sequel. Yeah. You're such a hard working. You just can't stop. That's good. Good for you. Well, I, I have good things for you. This is a very auspicious beginning to a book oh. writing career. Thank you. <laughs> You're very welcome. Uh, okay, so but if people say, "Oh, she's so interesting," this Hollywood. I want to learn more about her. Where can they do that? Um, so I'm on Twitter, not terribly enthusiastically, but they're all the same, which is at Holly, uh -huh. H-O-L-L-Y underscore what, W-A-T-T. And I've got a website, which is www.hollywatt.co.uk, I think. She says checking quickly. <laughs> <laughs> not .co.uk, yes. yeah. okay. Yes, exactly. All right. <laughs> or people just Google Holly Watt, you'll find her. That's what I did. It's very easy. Okay, well, I'm not quite done with you, Holly. What I want you to do... Uh, is finish this sentence for me. If writing has taught you anything, it's taught you what? Um, you can never quite be sure where you're going to end up. <laughs> oh, it's true. And isn't that good? It's better. It's more interesting that way. They just don't know. Holly, it has been wonderful talking to you. Good luck. Good luck with the baby. Good luck with it all. I think you're going to do great. <laughs> Thank you. You're it's very welcome. To you. Thank you for your time. Oh, it's nice talking to you too. <laughs>
Mm. Oh, I love talking to people from other countries. I don't do it often enough. Ah, yes. You don't know where you're going to end up, people. You don't know and you don't have to. Listen, you know how you write a great book? One great word at a time. That's how you do it. It's like a path you follow. One word at a time. And eventually it leads you somewhere good. If each word is good, that's how you do it. Yes, you do. I want to thank my producer, R.J. Jeffries. Thank you, R.J. I'll be back next week. Eh, Maybe at a different time. I think it is. Yes. Oh, Hank Filippi. Ryan, that's right. I'm going to be interviewing her on Wednesday, not Tuesday. So put that on your calendar. Until then, go find something you love and do it. <laughs>